0: Amen. Amen. Christ is king, and we celebrate his kingship on this Palm Sunday. I want to read to you from the scriptures this morning. I have several places I'll be reading from because I want to teach you today about the kingdom of God. Our first passage is from the Gospel of Mark. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, He sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. From the Gospel of John. Pilate Then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, It was your people and your chief priest who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. From the Gospel of Luke. Once, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. From the Gospel of Matthew. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God... And the kingdom of God has come upon you. From Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. I'm teaching about the advance of the kingdom today because on Palm Sunday we celebrate Jesus as king. But I also just finished a sermon series in the book of Joshua where Israel takes the land. And the taking of the land in the Old Testament is a foreshadowing or a picture of the advance of the kingdom of God in the New Testament. And so today we'll ask ourselves what is the kingdom of God? How does Jesus rule as king? And what does it mean to advance his rule? So before I get into defining the kingdom of God, let me just say that there is the kingdom of man, or the kingdoms of this world, and there is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the active and dynamic rule of Christ. He doesn't rule from a physical place on earth, Instead, he rules our hearts through his spirit. But that rule is active because he indeed rules in us and through us. And it is dynamic in that the true rule of Christ, when we are submitted to his rule, is accompanied by power and it is dynamic in that it advances. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. It was the main thrust of his message. Every time he preached the gospel, healed the sick, cast out demons, he was announcing the good news of the kingdom and demonstrating the power of it by delivering people from oppression of the enemy. And even the cross ties into the kingdom of God because at the cross we are purified and made holy so that God can put his Holy Spirit in us and then through the Spirit in us, Christ rules and as he rules, his kingdom advances. Now let me talk about the kingdom of men or the kingdoms of this world. The kingdoms of this world are influenced by Satan. When Satan was tempting Jesus in the wilderness, he took Jesus to a high place, and supernaturally he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth. And he said to Jesus, the kingdoms of the earth have been given to me, and I can give them to whoever I want to. You can have their authority and splendor if you will bow down and worship me. So Satan said, the kingdoms of the world are mine. And Jesus did not dispute him. Now, uh, Paul echoes this view in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who's that? the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And so Paul sees the world as under the rule of a principality in power, the power of Satan who influences the world and the kingdoms of men. And so Jesus saw himself and is coming to earth as taking back territory from the evil one and establishing his rule on the earth. Jesus said, If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then you know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now from modern literature and the movies, we can think of the coming of the kingdom and the advance of the kingdom like uh, the Lord of the Rings, or like uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. In the Lord of the Rings, the Earth is under the evil rule of Sauron, and in the Chronicles of Narnia, it's under the rule of a an evil witch. But in both stories, they await the arrival of a king who will establish his just and good rule. And so there is a kingdom of this world. Influenced by Satan and he brings his influence by separating people from God and then they act contrary to God's ways. We see the brokenness of the satanic rule in, in poverty and in broken families, trafficked women, addiction, injustice, racism, murder, oppression. We see it in the philosophical systems of this world that divorce themselves from God and abandon his ways. Now, in opposition and in the mode of conquering the kingdoms of this world is the kingdom of God. Every time Jesus preached the gospel and someone believed, they were transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God. Every time Jesus healed, every time he cast out a demon, he was undoing the work of the evil one. So when Jesus came, the kingdom came. It was small at first. Jesus said it would be like a mustard seed, which is the tiniest of all seeds, and it would eventually grow into a a, a big bush. So the kingdom of God started with Jesus and a little band of followers. But now it has grown, and it encompasses almost every tongue and tribe and nation. In a way, we can think of the coming of Jesus like the Allied invasion of Normandy. A foothold was established on D-Day, and from that foothold, the rest of the continent was liberated. And so when Jesus came, the kingdom came. When people believed and accepted him as Lord, then Jesus began to rule in their lives. And as these people who came under the rule of God got together, they formed an army that would advance the kingdom of God on earth. Now, Jesus doesn't rule from a place on earth. He said the kingdom of God is within you. So we come under the kingdom of God when we submit to the lordship of Jesus. It's not just ringing the bell at Westminster Woods. It is submitting to his lordship. If we lived in a country with a king, we would acknowledge a king as the king of the land. If the king asked us to do anything, we would say, yes, my king, yes, my lord. When Jesus rules in our hearts, He'll rule through His Spirit and His Word. Our response is to say, Yes, Lord. And when we are in that place of humble surrender, the Lord rules, and the Lord begins to advance His kingdom through us. And so the kingdom of God is the rule of Christ in our hearts. But now we're also citizens of heaven, and now we live by the values of the kingdom of heaven and not necessarily the values of the world. Because, first of all, we are citizens of heaven first. And if the laws and the values of our land happen to coincide, then we follow those. But very often, the values of our culture are against the values of the kingdom of heaven. The world says, make as much money as you can. Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. The world says, when people wrong you, hold a grudge. Get even, do them in. Jesus says, forgive and do not return evil for evil. The world says, look out for number one. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. The world defines success in terms of money and position and titles. Jesus would define it as those who follow him and obey him. So we follow the values of our king and his kingdom, even though we live in this land. Let me put it this way. Let's say you went to Afghanistan. You went there as an American citizen with American values well, you're not going to give your 12-year-old daughter away to an old man in marriage even though that's what they might do because you have values from the place that you're a citizen of. But they have other laws that you can abide by. I shall not steal. I shall not commit adultery. So it's the same with us. We have values that come from our king. We follow those. And if the laws of the land agree, we follow the values of the land. We are not only citizens of the kingdom, but when we come together, we are the army of God in this place. We are not a defensive army, holed up in our fortress while the rest of the world just goes to pot, but rather we are an advancing army that is actually liberating people from the influence of the evil one and bringing them into the kingdom of God. Near the close of World War II, allied units, British, American, Canadian, began to hear rumors that there were concentration camps where people were being systematically exterminated. And so... The American and British commands started to order troops to go to the death camps to liberate the people, heal the sick, feed the hungry. Suppose there was an army unit in a German town just a few miles away from a death camp. What if they just stayed in town and socialized day after day? Well, day after day, thousands were dying. We would be appalled by their callousness. We would even call it moral depravity. We would be shocked by their disregard for their fellow man. But we don't live in a situation too different from that. All around us are thousands who perish every day without the Lord and what becomes of their eternal future. And in our city, there are thousands who live under the oppression of the enemy, in poverty, in addiction, big trafficked, living in darkness. We are the army of God in this place. We are to liberate people from darkness. We are to bring the good news. We are the people who preach the gospel and transfer people by the power of God through us from the kingdom of darkness into the glorious kingdom of his son. And so the church is supposed to be an outpost of the kingdom of God on earth, not a fortress where its people hide behind its walls while the rest of the world remains enslaved. And thus the kingdom of God, if we manifest it in us, has ministries to the poor, the oppressed, and to those who are lost. As individuals, we are embedded agents in the culture, working the influence of Christ. Together we are an army, redeeming the city, and shaking the nations. Now, another thing kingdom people are to be, are to be influencers of culture, not ones who are influenced. The culture tries to influence us. but We have to be mindful that we have a king, and that we are to be influenced by him, and then we influence the culture. So let me talk to parents. Parents, establish in your children an identity that they are the children of God and citizens of the kingdom. There's more to their life than just making a living, but encourage them to be influencers in the land. Grandparents, you influence your grandkids more than you know. Influence them to be citizens of the kingdom of God. Pray for them. In fact, become intercessors because intercession and spiritual warfare and prayers for the advance of the kingdom have more effect than you know. You know, when we uh, are engaged in battle, before the ground troops move in, We soften the battlefield. We soften it with aerial assault, right? We drop bombs or we bring in planes that that strafe the enemy. This softens up the battlefield so that the ground troops can actually advance. Our intercession, our spiritual warfare, our prayers for our missionaries, our prayers for the world to soften up the ground so that the ground troops can advance. And I think people who are grandparents can take on the ministry of intercession. I just did the service for my dad, but you know, one thing he did in his retirement years that maybe he didn't have time for when when he was working a lot, he took on the ministry of intercession. And we always knew we had the anchor of dad's intercessory prayers for my ministry, for my kids, and for his grandkids, and for the advance of the kingdom of God. I sometimes ask people who are going to retire soon, what are you going to do on your retirement? I don't know. I'll find something. I'll tell you what you can find. Become intercessors. You have the time now. And you will unleash the power of the kingdom of God through your intercession. There is a war to fight, there is a world to liberate. You may have retired from your job, but you're not retired from the army yet. You might think, I'm too young to be engaged. Well, you know, our culture says you're really not contributing until you've graduated from college and got a job. But, you know, the kingdom of God's different. As soon as Jesus is your king, you're a contributor. And so we are all part of this army to advance the kingdom of God on earth. The kingdom of this world is under the influence of Satan. And when there is a war to fight, we keep on fighting until victory is won. But we have assurance that victory will come. In the book of Revelation, chapter 11, verse 15, we're given a view of heaven in the future. And in this revelation that John saw, there are the saints of God who have labored for the kingdom. And here is what they say. In fact, they shout it The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and he will rule forever and ever. That's what the church is supposed to be about making the kingdoms of this world the kingdom of God and of his Christ so that we will rule with him forever and ever. This also happens to be who Eastminster is on its best day. Today, we celebrate the king. Now, let's advance his kingdom. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are king. We acknowledge that. And Lord, today, we surrender to your rule. In every aspect of our lives, we surrender to you. We ask that you would reign in us. We pray that your kingdom would come to our individual lives, We invite your rule into the midst of our families. Whatever conflict is there, Lord, we submit it to you. We pray, Lord, that you would show us how we can be agents of your kingdom. Wherever it happens to be, you have placed us, whether it's in a school or a workplace, whether it's home, Interceding for the advance of your kingdom, show us our role. We pray for Eastminster. We embrace our place as people under your rule. We embrace our role to advance the kingdom. We pray that, Lord, as we advance your kingdom and your rule, as we obey you, that you would accompany our efforts with power and effect. We pray for those places in the city where we are working. We pray that you would bring your kingdom there. We pray that you would establish your rule in your kingdom in Macedonia and establish a church there where no church exists. Lord, we long to see you exalted. Exalt yourself in us and through us. Be exalted, our King. In Jesus' name, amen.